0: Welcome to episode 69 of the United Pubcast, another special edition looking back at a player's career. Because there is obviously no news to talk about, and I've seen other sort of big accounts, YouTube channels, etc., talk about the latest transfer news. This player gives transfer hint. Trust me, there is no news. No one knows what is going to happen in the transfer market. No one knows what effect this coronavirus will have. On the world's economy. So, everyone's saying Jaden Sancho for 100 million in three weeks' time, 100 million might be worth 5 million in English pounds. So, you just do not know what to believe. So, I think we'll stay clear of the pointless transfer rumors at the moment and talk about some past players, which we've obviously done a few podcasts in the past. And as you've obviously seen by the title and their intro music, um, this week's looking back at Zlatan Ibrahimovic and his. Well, pretty much his only season at the club, but obviously did play a little bit further on. But um, joined by George on the podcast again for his second time on the pod. How are you, man?
1: Yeah, good. How are you, Tom? How's self isolation treating you?
0: Look, to be honest, it's not so much the self isolation that's uh, getting to me. Like I'm always sort of happy to stay inside. I'm not. I don't bother too much going out. But it's the non no football. I, oh, I don't watch the A League at all. But the A League was the last thing that was there. And now the A-League's been taken away.
1: Oh, I was uh, having a look on that, broke, so apparently the Malaysian under-21s Premier League is still going ahead, so we might have to get in touch with that, so who knows?
0: Well, I see you do like a pun. I remember you talking, you, you were looking at the weather odds. Um,
1: yes, I did yesterday. Um, got uh, didn't, didn't go too well. I had the maximum temperature of between 24 degrees and 24.9 in Sydney. Max was 23.5, so... Yeah, not too good
0: on that one. Okay, for your latest weather odds, um, please follow George on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I'm sure he'll give us the latest odds and keep us abreast of what is happening with weather. I think it's about to rain. Um, I just wanted to do a bit of gardening this morning, so hopefully it does that. But the lawn does need mowing, so um, I'm sure self-isolation allows you to go out and mow the lawn, so I might have to do that tomorrow It allows you to
1: do every shitty household chore that you didn't want to do, and, but you got nothing better to do now because yeah. nothing else is on, so... No, well,
0: there's plenty of them. They are piling up. But um, as I've said in the past, if ever you do want to come on and talk about a past player, etc., feel free because there is no football to really talk about. So I think talking about past players and your favourite memories, etc., is sort of a good way to pass the time and it can get more people involved with the podcast. So no further ado. Obviously, the title is Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So, first things first, George, Um, and this is George's request to do Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So, George, why do a podcast on Zlatan?
1: Well, for me, if you ask me before the 2016 Euros, who's your favourite player that never played for United, Zlatan was my answer, and just the fact that he did play for United, it's a bonus for me. And I've heard about Cantona, his time at United, that all happened before I was even born. So, I feel like in today's generation, my generation, the millennials, I guess, luck on in terms of personality, is the closest equivalent that we have to him. So yeah, just discussing him would be nice.
0: Yeah, well, I think yeah, there is that obvious, and it's a very correct comparison in terms of uh, Eric Cantona, not just his playing style, but I just say just that aura, that presence. I think there's a little bit, maybe not as similar, but that you could almost draw a little comparison with Berbatov, the same with a little bit of an aura and also that playing style, that sort of big striker, but had that sort of technical ability to drop a little bit deeper. So I think we've been quite um, blessed over the last sort of three decades with, um, yeah, obviously King Eric, Dimitar, Berbatov, and now Zlatan Ibrahimovic, um, all very sort of, I'd say, iconic players and sort of all go down as well. Kenton probably goes down as a legend. And obviously Zlatan and Berbatov, you'd probably class Definitely cult heroes. Yeah, you'd probably class, class them in that cult hero status, which is... Definitely some achievement, no, and that's nothing to sneeze at. So um, I think before we get into Zlatan's time, United will look, because obviously he came to the end of his career, or pretty much the end of his career. He had a very illustrious career sort of all around Italy and Spain, um, obviously before joining PSG. Um, he's one of those players that everyone had an opinion on. You either loved him or you hated him before. Like He's always in the media for whatever reason. You obviously said that he was one of your favourite players um, before yeah. joining United. So I don't really need to ask you on what your thoughts were on him. But in terms of his time at PSG, like, it was one of those things he was doing so well. Obviously, they didn't sort of progress in the Champions League, but he was doing so well. that he was maybe not regarded in that sort of... And obviously, I don't want to put him in that Ronaldo and Messi bracket. But did you have him as one of the best strikers or he wasn't quite the best striker in the world because he was doing it in France, he wasn't doing it in Spain or England or Italy, etc.?
1: Oh, no, for, for me, as in terms of an out-and-out striker, he was—he was the best that there was in his prime. Take out Ronaldo and Messi, he could have been in that bracket had he have one, or, one or both of them around him. And in his words, I came to Paris, a great player. I leave a legend. Um, he said it in French. I've translated this, but it gives you an insight into his persona and his character.
0: Well, I think that was one of—I don't know—I think I always did like him. Maybe a love-hate relationship sort of thing. But whether it be love, or, love or hate. There was always an intrigue. Whatever he did, you always tuned in. Like Whenever he was playing, you'd put the PSG game on because you'd always do something. If Sweden were playing, you'd always watch because something would happen. If I mean, had- who
1: could forget the four goals that he scored against England in the 4-2 win, the bicycle from God knows how far out it was.
0: Did he score all four goals, did he? Yeah, he scored all four goals that well, game. Yeah, I knew that I always... Yeah, you just have to look back at the bicycle kick. That's the one I definitely remember. I didn't know he scored all four, but um, yeah, I think that bicycle kick is one of the... um most iconic international, it's just a shame it didn't happen at like a World Cup or, or a Euro sort of thing. But, um yeah. yeah, just one of those players everyone always had an opinion on because he just, yeah, something about him, just that aura like Eric Cantona had. um I think even the people who did hate him, even when he was at United, I know Liverpool fans who, obviously, any player who comes to United, they'll just have a sheer hatred for. Couldn't help but just watch and be intrigued with him. So, um. Yeah, a really um, iconic player or iconic footballer whether he goes down in United's history as such. Um, that's up for debate. But um, I think he, he will be someone we look back on in 20, 30, 40 years' time and I'm sort of be blessed that sort of we watched him sort of in this era. Um, anything else on his pre-United career you wanted to touch on? Yeah,
1: or? I guess uh, after Euro 2016, he se- it seemed like he was a bit exhausted, so to speak. So I wasn't too sure on how he'd go at United, whether he'd be able to cope with the pace of the Premier League. And the fact that he joined United itself was, for me, a bit interesting, because the, the Champions League is the one thing that he'd never won. And that year, we were in the Europa League. So just for that reason alone, I thought it was interesting that he was joining us. But I guess his relationship with Mourinho got that deal over the line, so... I, think, I don't think
0: all. that's 100%. I think he only joins United with Mourinho at that stage of his career. I think if he's at that stage in his career and it's Louis Van Gaal, or obviously he fell out with Louis Van Gaal, or if it's Sir Alex Ferguson, or who knows? Maybe Sir Alex maybe, could have done a deal like that. But I think he only comes to United at that time in his career with no Champions League football if it's Jose Mourinho. I think. Because remember, everything sort of happened very quick when Van Gaal got sacked. Mourinho was in the in position what, a couple of days later. And the, that Zlatan Ibrahimovic rumor, I think he was the first um sign in under Mourinho. Or maybe it was it was Eric Bay, I forget. But, um, it would have been
1: around the same time. maybe Potentially Bay, because Zlatan would have been at the Euros at the time and may, may have needed something else to focus on.
0: Yeah, but, but I remember it was almost a two-for-one. It was almost, well, if we get Mourinho, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is off contract at PSG. We'll get him as our number nine. So It, it just sort of made sense, and everyone just sort of assumed it was going to happen. So when it eventually yeah. did happen, it wasn't too much of a shock. As big as a sign-in and is, could you imagine you sign a player like that now? It would be massive news, but by the time it came around, it was... Yeah, we know Zlatan's going to be our number nine. It was just a, a sort of a pleasant acceptance that it was going to happen. But just yeah, on sure. signing for United, um, obviously the, the I'd say the normal procedure for a signing would be <coughs> for a tweet or an announcement on the club's website, etc., to say we're pleased to have reached a deal with PSG or for the transfer of said player. Um, but this one, in complete Zlatan Ibrahimovic style, was a little bit different. Um, he came out on his Instagram and Twitter and made the announcement himself. He's saying my next club will be Manchester United. That was obviously, I think, obviously when he had already left PSG or his contract had run out, but uh, well before United had made any type of official announcement. Um, what, what were your thoughts on that? Was that just part of the character? Oh, that's that he that's
1: just part of the package that he is, and it, it's what it's what makes you laugh him or hate him. for me, that's. Just even the off-field stuff like that, that's what made him my favourite player that wasn't at United at the time before he joined us.
0: Well, as, as much as the thing it is for him and something he would do, I think while it probably was his decision, something that he wanted to do, I think it definitely would have had United's blessings because United weren't just purchasing or purchasing, acquiring a, um, the footballer. They were acquiring everything, the whole package that he did bring. So I think United were quite happy to say, okay, you go and announce it and that can be sort of add to sort of the overall feeling towards it. And part of that was, and I forget when this came up, but I think it was at the Arndale Centre, I'm not not quite sure, in Manchester, but the banner, um, Manchester, Welcome to Zlatan. Yeah. I think it was in place of, remember when they had the Tevez banner about 10 years ago saying, Carlos Tevez, Welcome to Manchester, or whatever it said, um, which is quite, I don't think that would have been Zlatan's idea, but definitely a club, because City were obviously... I'll never call them the top dogs in Manchester, but City were definitely above us at the time, and technically still are at the moment. But um, I think another little bit of a... I don't want to say a noisy neighbours dig at Man City. Well, but, you um, know
1: what? That, that's another season that they only beat us on goal difference on, because obviously that was the year where Leicester pulled off their heroics, and we only missed out on that fourth place for the Champions League qualifying spot on by 10 goals on goal difference or so. Had we beaten West Ham at that... Uh, fateful final game at Upton Park, um, yeah, it's life would have been different.
0: Yeah, good, yeah, thanks for bringing back those memories. Oh, but, um, yeah, I do, do remember seeing that um, banner, and it's just one of those ones that, as a fan, if it was Man City doing it, you'd think, oh, God, what are they doing, small club mentality. But when it's your club who do it, you just can't help but enjoy it and sort of revel in it. So um, I did enjoy that banner. And, again, it's part of the whole Zlatan package. But just before we get on to the football, just one more thing, which we're interesting. We'll just discuss him before um, we went on air. Um, Anthony Marshall has been ahead of the curb and gone and shaved his head. He looks like yep. a prime John Jones from the UFC, for the any of yeah. fans But um, yeah, maybe he knows something. We don't know that haird- Actually, in hairdressers terms of will face, be shut.
1: In terms of your face, it looks a bit more like Cormier than he does like Jones, to be
0: honest. Okay, so moving on from Martial's new hairdo. Um, something which was quite, because Martial was the signing the season before on transfer deadline the previous season where he came in under Louis Van Gaal, big money signing, given the number nine shirt, and obviously in that season did quite well. Actually, very well, considering the circumstances. And he's our big hope. Um, the future was sort of resting on his shoulders a little bit. However, Zlatan comes in, and Jose Mourinho gives him the number nine shirt, which then takes away, obviously, from Anthony Martial. I think he was given number eleven.
1: Yes, number and, eleven. He um,
0: was. From all, who knows? Who knows what sort of role, or something like that, will happen? On, will have on a player? But all from all reports, Martial was not happy with that. I remember; I think it was only a couple of months before he started his brand sort of AM nine. Yep. Suddenly, that was out the window, and I think that started with. This isn't a podcast on Anthony Martial but it did start a bit of a an up-and-down relationship between Mourinho and Martial. So just your thoughts on, did you agree with letter Zlatan the 9 shirt, or do you think it's a non-issue, or just your whole take it, on from,
1: it? From a commercial point of view, I think it was 100% the right decision to give him the number 9. Big player, big personality, and um, the showcase number. And in terms of guys that were going to buy Martial's shirt anyway, now there's an extra excuse if you didn't have it before to go buy another one because he's got a different squad number, from a commercial point of view, well done. Oh yeah, I see. Yeah, you can
0: never you can never fault the United United's commercial department, but I'd say from a point of view, and I don't know which side of the argument I sit on this, but I'd say from what we knew what we were going to get from Zlatan was a one season, maybe two seasons, where Anthony Marshall was very close to potentially leaving the club, and now he's a player where sort of holding 10 years onto, we, we sort of want to see him for the next 10 years, do you think it was a really big risk where something like that could have really pissed Martial off enough if his form continued and his relationship with Mourinho um, continued to sour? that Those two, potentially two good years out of um, Zlatan Ibrahimovic could potentially cost us five, six years of no Martial in the future.
1: Yeah, if you look at longevity, like maybe it wasn't the right idea, but it, it, it's professional sport. Something like that hap- happens, and it, it's about the mentality of the footballer itself to almost brush over a, a relatively minor issue in the footballing scheme of things. Oh, yeah,
0: well, 100%. It's a, it's a non-issue, just the way fans, and, but the thing is some players do as well. Um, we take to heart the little things like these, like shirt numbers. Just look how much we debate the number seven shirt. Who deserves it? Who did well in it? Who, who won't do well in it, Etc. We could debate shirt numbers as stupid as they are, they're a part of it. Um, But obviously, Martial's got his number nine back now. And um, yeah, we'll see how he does in his new shaven state. Now, we'll get on to If we even see him in his shaven state. Well, God, it might be months away. It might be a while. He might have an afro by the time football returns. But we'll get on to the football. And just something you reminded me just before we went on air um, we're going to go straight into the competitive football. But um, he was there for the start of pre-season, and I think we played in Sweden. I'm not sure why, if it was part, maybe part of his deal. I think it was might have been in Gothenburg. Um, one of the listeners can correct us if I'm wrong. But um, it was the first game of the pre-season against Galatasaray, so it was Mourinho and Ibrahimovic, etc. And I remember we had a kickoff, played it around the back a little bit for 30 seconds, put it down the wing to the right-hand side. I think it might have been Valencia. Yeah, Valencia Uh,
1: put the ball into the box, uh, yeah.
0: Sort of floated across in, and Ibrahimovic's first touch for United was pretty much a bicycle kick in between a scissor and a bicycle. Well, almost a bicycle kick into the back of the net after sort of a minute of pre-season. And I remember the camera pan to Mourinho, because obviously his first game as well, and he was just like, yes, that's what I bought. Job done. Okay, let's continue. And as a fan, okay, albeit pre-season, you don't really celebrate it too much. You couldn't help but get um, very excited when that happened.
1: Yeah, if, if anything, if there's one overarching memory for me of Zlatan at United, it, it was that pre-season game. It's, it, that was what foreshadowed everything else that was to come. All Because when you look at all of his goals, there was so much acrobatic and athletic ability involved in it that he didn't score too many tap-ins. And a lot of his goals were headers and goals where he had to put his body in extreme positions to actually get the shot away. The goal against Manchester City, although we lost that derby, a prime example... He's almost at a more than ninety degree angle with his right foot.
0: Yeah, well, he's one of those players who you think that style of player he'll he'll fade off in a little bit like, as his career sort of progresses because that flexibility and agility, etc. But it's something that just never left him. I even when, we'll get touch on it at the end of the podcast when he went to America. Now, in, now he's in Italy. He still has that flexibility where the ball's up in the air. He can he can get sort of his foot shoulder high and direct it elsewhere, and. um it's a weird. I've never really seen a player to be able to do that like with such consistency. Sometimes someone can pull a freak shot out or a freak back heel, but he seems to do it weekly. And um, I think that's something that when he came back in that second season, after the knee injury, which we'll get into, I think he did struggle with a little bit. Obviously, I think he came back too soon, but we'll get into that in a little bit. Now, on to the first competitive game for, obviously, Jose and Ibrahimovic was... Community Shield, where obviously Jesse Lingard scored a good goal, but it was a, from memory, it was a quite a late winner, maybe 85th, 86th minute, maybe. Yeah. Um, header at Wembley. And again, Community Shield, Charity Shield, whatever you want to call it, nothing nothing huge, but to be able to go score a winner at Wembley and win a trophy, whatever you think of the trophy, to win a trophy for the club on your first um, um, competitive appearance, great stuff. Just the make- most.
1: Just the nature of the goal itself. The the defender they leap over was Wes Morgan, who was absolutely no slouch by any stretch of the imagination in defence. Great defender, solid defender, title-winning captain as well. Yeah. And the fact that his left jumped over him with such ease and put the ball into the bottom corner with his head. Hats off to him.
0: No, 100%. Actually, I remember, a little bit off-topic, I was just listening to this morning, the Man United podcast, the official Man United podcast, they do one uh, matter. Um, he was the most recent interview on there, and he was yeah. talking about that game... Um, because remember, one matter was brought on as a substitute. And then there was a whole controversy over Matter and Mourinho's sort of arrival, what will happen, etc. And Mourinho obviously took him off um, later on yes. in, uh, in injury time. But obviously, just a time-wasting sub to be able to defend a corner. And Matter yeah. said he had absolutely no issue. He knew what the situation was. But the way the media sort of spun that. Um, but yeah, again, that's just a general thought on that Community Shield, had just popped in my mind. Obviously, nothing to do with Ibrahimovic, but, um, yeah, go and listen to that Man United podcast. It is very good listening. Now, Community Shield. Now, obviously, the week later, yeah, um, then the competitive football did start, and obviously, Wayne Matter did score the first goal of the season away at Bournemouth, but I think Ibrahimovic did steal the show that week, um, that third goal on his Premier League debut away at Bournemouth. I remember... Yep. I remember there was a good feel obviously the pre-season was good obviously won the community shield then you think okay maybe we can progress maybe we can do something so the first day of the season that excitement I remember being 2-0 up and then the overriding feeling I have or memory I have from the match was that song started I don't know if it started that week or the week before but that song started the 6-foot 5 etc and yeah. that really got going in the I away end. I thought it was, was the
1: week before, after the, just before the community. Oh yeah, had yeah, started yeah from... it
0: might have been. But it really got going in the away end when we were two 0 up. I remember they were singing it for sort of ten minutes straight, and it really it was really coming through on the TV. And there was that really good feel factor around the team at the moment. And but Zlatan hadn't scored. But then he picked the ball up right in the prime of this song sort of thing, like right when the chorus was going, and had the whole away end going for it, and he hit that strike into the bottom corner from what was quite a fair way out then obviously the big celebrations after and suddenly we're 3-0 up and the fans just went nuts. The players went nuts because they could feel the energy, etc. And obviously the season in pan had how how we wanted it to. But on that day, on that opening day, it was maybe a day or two after we announced Paul Pogba as well. Um, He he didn't quite make the squad. But um, I remember that feeling when we went 3-0 up and Ibrahimovic scored, thinking, shit, we might be doing something special this season.
1: Yeah, actually, just on, just on that first Bournemouth game, the reason why Pogba wasn't in the squad is because apparently he'd accumulated suspension from his previous spell at Unod, which is oh, why he was was yeah. ineligible to be in that squad for the yeah, first matchdown. Yeah,
0: vaguely remember that, yeah.
1: Yeah, but on on, um, on Zlatan's goal, it's one of those things you're thinking, please don't shoot when you're that far out on, on that much of a shit angle, but only Zlatan do, can do what Zlatan does.
0: Well, he's got that angle. It was a weird shot. Like, usually, yeah, from that distance, you either have to sort of... Hit it with a bit of height. You don't really beat someone. It's it's like a shot where you go across the keeper from like when you're inside the 18 yard box. It's not typically a shot that can go in from that distance from that angle. Well, really, uh, it was
1: just a hard 40 yard p-roller. More yeah. When you think about
0: it. Now on to, obviously Paul Pogba's debut. Um, a couple of days. I think it was a couple of days later. I think we played midweek. Yeah, we um, played him on a Wednesday. Yeah, went to Southampton. Or Tuesday
1: so night their time, Wednesday morning our time.
0: So he obviously scored in his Community Shield debut or competitive debut, Premier League debut, but now his Old Trafford debut. And I think any centre-forward at United who can come in, especially number nine, on your Old Trafford debut and when you score, there is, again, what I just said before in regards to that feel-good factor. When that happens, there's, some, there's like a special feeling you where you think something might happen. You think, okay, this is the striker that's going to lead us to a title sort of thing. Obviously, we didn't know how the season was going to pan out. But when he scored that double, I think one might have been a penalty, I think, maybe. Yeah, well, the second one was a penalty. Yeah, one was a penalty, one was a header. And, um, okay, suddenly we're six points from six in the start of the Premier League season under Mourinho. Ibrahimovic is scoring goals. We've just signed a world record fee in Paul Pogba. It really did feel, and I've just said it for 10 times in the past minute, it felt like we were going to do something very special that season. Obviously, it didn't eventuate. But, um, yeah, just take me back to those um, first three weeks of that season, please.
1: Oh please! And also, in terms of the other big, te- the other big teams, they, they, none of them were coming off a high either. So we, it felt like everyone was on a level playing field. Obviously, with our lesser success in the previous year, so you just felt that if you could get that first mini break on all the other big teams, you could go on with it. But just um, yeah, it didn't eventuate. Sadly.
0: Well, I remember the week after there was that whole because all this, all the attention was focused around Zlatan, Paul Pogba, and Jose Mourinho. And every maybe every second day you'd hear something about Pep Guardiola. But I remember that third game where everyone was talking about these first two weeks and United are going going back but Marcus Rashford had sort of been going under the radar a little bit because he obviously had that breakthrough season or breakthrough a couple of months before Mourinho arrived. But I remember the third game I think was away at Hull. Was it Hull? I, I the think, th- th- think they're away at Hull the, third, the game, third game.
1: The third game was away at Hull in which Rashford scored the winner late on off. Yeah, it was, it was like a, a 93rd was... minute
0: tap in. 93rd minute, yeah. In the rain, but yeah. I just think, again, God, take me back to those first couple of weeks. It felt like we were just invincible. Um, we had like supposedly the best manager in the world. Paul Pogba was supposed to be the best player in the world. Ibrahimovic is the sort of captain, leader, legend we all wanted up front to, to score goals. And... Um, yeah, just talking about it back now. Remember God, those first couple of weeks of that season, Mourinho's reign. Um, yeah, obviously it didn't turn out the way we wanted, but um, yeah, they were a good couple of weeks. Now we we're just talking before about this, this. Now Zlatan obviously has a lot of points, a lot of incidents throughout his time at United, but we're just thinking about in that season. Was there any real games that stood out in terms of big moments? So I've got written down here. He obviously scored a hat trick in against Etienne in the Europa League and obviously nothing to sneeze at any, any hat-tricks quality but obviously Europa League and saint nothing to sort of you wouldn't put a statue up or anything I'm just trying to think are there any other sort of standout goals or games anything that springs well, to sa- mind
1: sadly, to sadly for me the standout goals that he scored this League Cup final aside were in games that we didn't go on to win obviously the, I spoke earlier in the podcast about his um, acrobatic effort against Manchester City we, which we went on to lose to the Derby 2-1 unfortunately and also, um, he's um, another acrobatic effort against Everton from a fair distance out. And sadly, that was turned out to be a one-all draw. So,
0: oh, I remember that one that was sort of trickling over the line. It was bouncing, bouncing. Yeah. Did, was there goal-line technology for that or was it just given? Oh, the, the,
1: the, 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 there was goal-line technology, but... You, so, you could so see it clearly on the replay.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I remember it was close. That, that was actually
1: the that was actually the first season in which goal on technology was implemented in the Premier League. Okay. So.
0: Yeah, because I remember it clearly went, but I forget if it was um just a good decision by the referee, like, or it was actually technically the correct um in terms of the VAR or not VAR, but um, the GDS system. Um, I'm trying to think any I, I remember a goal that for some reason sticks out for me. I have no idea why. I think we're away at West Brom. Jesse Lingard sort of put a cross in and just. Ibrahimovic sort of used it. I wouldn't say it's not a dirty tactic or anything, but the way he saw Lingard was breaking through on the right, and um, he just sort of, maybe 30, 40 metres from goal, just pulled the defender's shoulder back, just to sort of confuse the defender a little bit. Suddenly Ibrahimovic got on the other side of him and was a race to goal. Jesse Lingard put in a great cross, and Ibrahimovic sort of got a really good head. I think we went on to win that match 2-0.
1: Yeah, two 0 Yeah, uh, yeah from mem- from mem- from our uh, memory, Lingard scored
0: the other goal in that game. Yeah, poss- Yeah, well, Je- Jesse Lingard is a player who really thrived that season under Mourinho. I think he did very well.
1: Yeah, the Wembley specialist.
0: Well, speaking of Wembley, is probably the moment that sticks out most for me. For I- well, in terms of footballing moments for Ibrahimovic, and we'll get into the winner a little bit, but I think the winner overshadows. Potentially, oh, I don't know, you've got so many different types of great goals, you don't know what to class as his best goal. Probably one of his most forgotten goals for United, that free kick in the League Cup final was a cracking free kick. Just sheerly, just sheerly from the distance it was out. I think people forget how far away from goal it was.
1: Not not only the distance, and the fact that he aimed it straight under Herrera in the wall, and he, who managed to get out of the way just just in time for the ball to get past him and not hit him and make that gap in the wall to beat um, Fraser Forster, I think it was, in goals for Southampton at the near post. Brilliant. Yeah,
0: I think almost like the Bournemouth game, from that distance for a free kick, you really shouldn't be sort of shooting with that technique onto that side. It just didn't make sense for it to go in, but he just had an ability to um, make things like that happen. But you just mentioned there, um, Ander Herrera, who obviously played a the sort of pivotal role in the winning goal. Because I remember that free kick took us to a 2-0 lead. Southampton obviously clawed that back to 2-2. Yeah, Gabby, Dean,
1: you had a fantastic game. You actually forget about that since we won that.
0: Well, it's it's one of those games when you're 2-0 up and you go back to 2-2, it it had Southampton written all over it to go and win it. Um, And obviously our season had started to um, not unravel at the time, but it obviously didn't look like we're going to go on to do anything special. So... It just sort of added, oh, my God, here we're going to lose a League Cup final to Southampton. And always add pressure to what's already a tough season. But um, obviously, there's a little bit of good build-up play. I think it was it must have been late. 80, again, 85th, 86th minute sort of 83rd thing. 83rd minute from memory. 83rd, was it? Yeah, from and, memory, um, yeah. The said ball, found it, and it was a weird one. When It found its way to Ander Herrera on the right. He just felt goal. He just felt just dink it over, and Ibrahimovic would get his head on it. And um, lo and behold, it is perfect cross. But as soon as that ball went up, and Ibrahimovic sort of leapt into the air, again, it's a League Cup final. Nothing. It's not a Champions League or FA Cup final. But the moment that ball hit that net, and I think again, it was in front of the it was in front of the crowd at Wembley, like in front of the United section. The commentary, obviously, winning a final, everything about it. I don't want to say it's the best moment post-Fergie. Obviously, I rate the Europa League and the Jesse Lingard FA Cup final, etc. But I'm telling you, that moment that went in, it felt like a Champions League final to me.
1: Oh God. Uh, Just more the the relief of it, more the relief of it for me, more than anything. Because if we lost to Southampton, the headlines that are coming out there. But
0: well, that, that, there I was, think that that might be a part of it. It might have been, yeah, relief sort of save him from embarrassment because it obviously did feel like we are to gonna... Because
1: correct, correct me if I'm wrong. Five minutes prior, Gabby Danny was disallowed an offside goal to make it his hat trick and put Southampton up three two. So yeah, just even more relief. After I think that. he
0: scored one, and yeah, you might be correct. I think he scored one that was disallowed before it was two. Well, it would have made it two two. Um, then it got disallowed, so it stayed 2-1. He eventually got the second goal, but I, I did know he um, did have one disallowed, just not quite sure um, when it was. But yeah, that was a... Again, he has so many different memories at United or different sort of iconic images at United, but I think that winner in the League Cup final um, is one that um, you sort of have to look back on with um, fond memories.
1: And just also to touch on his personality after the game, the report... can't remember which reporter it was, female, I think, but asked... Asked him after the game what what was so special about this cup final, and then Zlatan said it was it was special because Zlatan scored two goals and United went went on to win the competition, the cup. So.
0: Yeah, no, pure Zlatan. Now something which yeah. I've got to mention earlier, um, Tyrone Bings probably one incident, not a well, it was a football an incident happened on the Old Trafford pitch, but um, away from his ability on the ball, I think, and this is again something you don't want to celebrate, but it is something you do you do kind of enjoy. He's always had that battle with Tyron Mings. And I think if, there was a, t- a tussle on the edge of the box. Um, Zlatan fell down. And Tyron Mings very, I don't know what the word is, very sort of professionally sort of tried to, or attempted to look like he was hurdling Ibrahimovic, but made sure his studs came down on Ibrahimovic's head. And um, yeah, obviously a very dirty move, but that happens in professional football. It's just um, The cameras did happen to pick it up. But then Ibrahimovic took it into his own hands, and next time we saw him on the pitch, um, caught him with a flush, uh, look, it was a a dirty elbow, no hiding from it, it was a very bad elbow, but caught him clean, and again, the referee somehow missed it, but the um, video review didn't miss it, and I think, did he get a three-week suspension?
1: Yeah, it was a three-week ban for that, and just the memories of that game itself, it was really really frustrating for us, the ball just wouldn't go into the back of the net, and in that game, Zlatan missed the penalty as well. I think it was the only one that he missed for us in his time at United. So,
0: But just on that moment, or not not the moment specifically, but he's had a few of those, I think it's something that made him so good. And again, a little bit like Cantona, obviously Zlatan didn't jump in the crowd and kick anyone.
1: If but anything, it gave him a bit of a fear factor as well when you played against I him. I think him it's because his, you knew
0: 100% because we look at his ability and what a fantastic player, all the ability in the world. However, one of his biggest strengths is his physicality and how he intimidates defenders. Like a lot of sort of defenders try and bully the striker. But he's almost like that, I would say, a very different player, but I'd say in a sense, a little bit like Didier Drogba. He's the one who was doing the bullying. And I think a lot of defenders did sort of fear going up against him and thinking, shit, if I get on his wrong side, he's just going to kick me or elbow me. And he's smart oh. enough to make sure the referee doesn't see it.
1: Yeah, he's one of those players that yeah, just the intimidation. Well, he loved
0: his martial arts as well, so that added to it. Yeah, well, again, it's nothing we want to celebrate elbow and defenders in the head, but um, as as a fan, in the heat of the moment, you do somewhat enjoy incidents like that. Now, on to where his career, not his career, his United career, sorry, took a little bit of a downward spiral, the quarterfinal in the Europa League against Anderlecht, who I think our supporters club secretary, Emma, who suggested the topic for the last podcast. I think she and her husband, Rob, were at the quarterfinal against Andalek, if I remember correctly. And I think Marcus Rojo did his knee in the game as well.
1: Yes, he did. In the first half, he did, he and, um, did his knee, yeah.
0: Yeah, so poor Marcus Rojo. No one remembers that. But Zlatan obviously did his knee. And it was one of those ones where you saw it happen and you think, yep, he's done his ACL. Even if none of us are doctors or even if someone hasn't done an ACL... You said, yep, 100%, and he's done it there. And obviously, he, <laughs> I think he walked off the pitch. I think he got up and walked off. But, um, yeah, he got with, up and walked off. With but... a very strong sort of limp. And um, I don't think it would have been only a day or two later, I think all the fears were confirmed that he had done his ACL, which is obviously, what was that, a quarterfinal. So it would have been probably March time, probably, would it? And um, Yeah, in March. So obviously ruled him out for the rest of the season, which threw into... Sort of jeopardy his contract situation because obviously he signed a one year deal, but now and he was doing so well, so everyone was sort of under the impression he'd just obviously extend it um, come the end of the season. However, what was he at the time? Was he 37, 36, 37? He
1: was. Uh, he was. Th- he was thirty. 30- he was thirty six at the time. He was. He was actually at the time he was the oldest man in Premier League history to score fifteen goals in a single season. He, he ended Dude. up with seventeen, but he was the o- he, he was the oldest man to do that.
0: Jeez, so um, yeah, so at that age where you sort of got a season-ending injury, quite rightly I think the club didn't. Well, quite rightly the club didn't um, extend a, any type of deal. Uh, we'll get into their decision later on. But it was just a shame because we we're in that. Forget the Premier League. We we're in that sort of top four, top five, top six, whatever you want to call it, race in regards to the league table. But in the Europa League final, it then put a lot of pressure on. It. I think we end up playing Marcus Rashford through the middle for the majority of the campaign. But, well, um, we were
1: left we were left with no other option really because Rooney, at that stage in his career, wasn't going to be leading the lines.
0: But while we were ended up winning the Europa League quite comfortably in the end, I think it was, it was just sort of acceptance that we're going to win it with Ibrahimovic in the team. Like he was just he had a great record in the Europa League as we said earlier. He Scored that hat trick against Saint Etienne we'll just we'll go in to win that Europa League because we had Ibrahimovic. It seemed that sort of simple, and suddenly the big man goes, and you think, oh, God, can we rely on Marcus Rashford to grab goals now? Um, it threw a little bit of a spanner in the works. Um, so I remember when that happened thinking, geez, I don't care about next season, I don't care about extending the deal. I'm thinking, I don't think we're going to make top four. And now winning the Europa League, and as everyone knows in a one-off game or a two-legged tie, 1 second can change the whole thing and our whole season depended on winning that Europa League final now. And Yes,
1: there are a few very ner- very nervy moments in the stoppage time of the second leg against oh, Vigo when John yeah. Gudjetti blew is an absolute sitter I was shitting myself.
0: Yeah, I remember that. I think that was just after Eric Bay got sent off or Bay got sent off after or um I remember that yeah, that last 5 minutes was um yeah, very painful. But um yeah, well, obviously he didn't play for United again that season, but he was just something I want to touch on before we talk about um, the pre- the following season. He obviously didn't play in the Europa League final, but we also remember the images of him on the sideline at um, sort of in injury time when the game was over. On Who could forget the banner? Who well, that, get that's the that thing banner? I wanted to touch on, the banner, which um, he obviously did stay, but um, it was just one of those ones that went viral on the internet and rightly so, it was very funny. I forget the exact wording, but it was something along the line. He it oh, the, the, the
1: wording was... St- st- um, stay and you can shag my wife. That was, yeah, that was so the exact um, wording of the banner.
0: Yeah, very very clever. And, fa- it, and, uh, and, and,
1: fair, pl- and fair play to that supporter. If I had him, he Old, old us let Zlatan do whatever he wanted to him with. Well, with he, he, to he, her he, with my blessing.
0: Well, he had that feeling about him that um, everyone just fell in love with him. One, because the sort of aura he has, the very charismatic, charismatic player. But his performances on the pitch. We did sort of fall in love with him because he was doing so well. And suddenly he was gone, you think, "Oh God, what's gonna to happen to him?" so I think there was that there was a hesitation because we thought he's at that age coming back from an e injury. maybe it's best that we don't sign him, but he had done so well, and he had become a cult hero, where I think so many did want him to stay, and obviously some fans would go to far de- far more desperate measures to keep him, obviously, but um, I'm just thinking. Yeah, so just on the Europa League, that is my not the standout memory of the final. Obviously, you remember the Pogba goal, the Mkhitaryan goal, etc. But um, that is a moment that um, I think does stay with fans. And obviously, Zlatan took the moment to take a fa- take a photo in front of the banner. But just before we move oh, on, just your oh sorry, you're going to say yeah, something? Yeah, yeah,
1: actually no, sorry. Uh, just on that season as well, yeah. We were talking about goals that stood out for him. Unfortunately, this one wasn't in a win either. But it was it was in a one all draw against West Ham that. A goal, it was a headed goal. didn't seem too impressive, but the way that Pogba hit, a, hit that 40-yard pass and the way that Zlatan peeled off Angel, Angelo Ogbun, I think the defender was at the time, from just the edge of the box, and you wouldn't expect a striker to do that from a, from a long ball... The I way think, yeah, it it's it's a was a
0: similar goal, I think, and it wasn't. It was obviously wasn't a header, but in terms of the link-up play, he had a similar goal in the FA Cup at Blackburn. Yes, against
1: Reading. Against Reading, I think it was. Sorry.
0: I think where Pogba just sort of laid a ball in behind and um, sort of yeah, just that movement. I think Pogba and Zlatan did have a really good connection, obviously on and off the pitch.
1: Yeah, I, but, I remember how t- I remember how terrible that pitch. Looked when Zlatan scored that goal. That's why that goal stands out to me more than anything. Yeah. But
0: just on. Okay, enough sort of football for And What are your thoughts on, if you can cast your mind back to the time, which we were just saying in regards to his knee injury and him going out of contract, what were your thoughts at the time? Thinking, is it right to get rid of him or, sh- or should we wait? Or what was your sort of thinking?
1: Uh, well, at the time, because he was a free, I, w- I didn't have too many issues with letting him go because no one else was going to sign him as an injured player. It would be too risky to, ha- to have some- someone like that on your books of that calibre when they're not actually playing football. So I thought if the if the door did open to re-sign him again, we would we would be his first preference. Obviously, Mourinho was still there; he'd had that relationship with us. He was doing his re he was going between uh, Gothenburg and Manchester for his rehab, so we'd have almost a first crack at him, so to speak.
0: Well, I'm trying to think why we actually went back in for him because we obviously signed Romelu Lukaku, who um, did obviously take um, Zlatan's number nine shirt. But I'm trying to think. Was there an in, not an injury crisis? Or was oh,
1: there, Rooney, Rooney, Rooney did leave forever. Rooney left, yeah, that, that summer.
0: Yeah, it was just a weird one because look, as as bad as an injury is, as, as an ACL reconstruction is, it's quite common. And I know I've done mine. And he came back at what well, he came back when he was thirty six, thirty seven, and it only took him seven months. And I remember when I did mine. And again, I'm not getting state of the art treatment or whatever. But the, the common consensus was nine months to a year. And when I did mine, I said, okay, if people get back in nine months, I'll get back in nine months. And I, I rushed it. I, and again, this is rushing it without sort of state-of-the-art technology and um, medical care, etc. And I came back after, I made a goal to come back after nine months. And I knew I'd knew I had done it too quickly. I had deep down, but I'd said, no, nah, I want to get back playing, want to get back playing. And I just knew for those first three or four months when I was back, I just, just didn't feel right. I just felt I was always two or three weeks behind where I should be. And um, it eventually paid its sort of paid the price for it. And now I don't play. I just don't have it in me to play because of my knee. And I just didn't remember Zlatan coming back. He was always had that brave bravado sort of thing that I'm going to get back earlier. Lions don't heal like men, and whatever he's saying.
1: Yeah, lions don't recover like humans, in his words.
0: But I think at that age, coming back after seven months, and again, look, he's still playing now. In um, he obviously went and did very well, very well in the MLS, and now back playing um, top level football in Europe. So fair play to him, he's back. But when he came back from that, um, when he came back in the number ten shirt that following season. He just looked like, and this is not a criticism at all, I think anyone who has an injury and plays the way he does in terms of his flexibility is going to look a little bit different. But I just saw those first couple of games, I thought, yeah, this is a mistake. As much as I love him out there and want to see him do well, I just thought, no, he's never going to be the same type of player. And, yeah, when he came back, um, as much as we all wanted him to do well, it just never happened. There was only a handful of appearances, was it, or did he play? A bit yeah, only,
1: only only six appearances after he came back. And the, the the shame is that the one goal that he scored was when we were humiliated by Bristol in the League Cup.
0: Yeah, I remember that. It was a free kick, was it, or? Yeah,
1: free kick went through the wall. Keeper, I, I remember last time I was on this podcast, I did say that a keeper could have had a better effort of of a United free kick, and I'm going to say the same thing again off this free kick in the well, League Cup. But...
0: well, I'm just thinking. Um... I think look obviously no transfer fee so it's not like we went and spent 50 million and wasted fifty million. but obviously in terms of and again it's none of our business what a player earns in terms of their wages there's no skin off our back but we obviously would have had to outlay a little bit of money for him but I what think what he
1: did, what he did do in that time though by playing in the Champions League he became the first player to represent seven different clubs in the Champions League by coming on for us in that in that while we're in the group stages there
0: oh, there you go a little one for the stat men um seven clubs in the championship who are they? PSG, Real uh oh, Barcelona. PSG,
1: Barcelona, AC Milan, Inter.
0: Man United.
1: United, Ajax. um, Ajax and uh Juventus.
0: Jeez. Um yeah, again, thank you very George. One for the stat men out there. Um but yeah, I just think as much as it was a sort of a fan friendly sort of feel to have him come back, I think it was a clear mistake for for both the player and for the club at the time to bring him back, I just thought, after seven months... And again, I don't want to criticise the guy, because he's back now playing top-level European football. But um, yeah, seven months was just too quick for him, and he just lost that. He never really had spring about him, but just that... And again, I don't want to just say, put it all down to flexibility and agility, but um, he definitely didn't look the the same type of player when he did come back.
1: However... I guess off the field, I did. I do feel as though we did help nurture Rashford and Martial when they did play as a number nine. I Guess his off-field experience may have helped them out a bit training, and, and that that influence is almost done to show now with Martial and Rashford when they are playing. Well,
0: just on his time at United, we've obviously talked about the sort of the visual aspect of what we see on the pitch, etc. But we'll just now, before we wrap up, look at his sort of overall time at United. And what you think of it, whether you you can label something a success or a jury still out, like we did in the last podcast, just him as a sign in, is one of those things where, okay, he helped win trophies, which is great, definite success. But I think his biggest work was, as you mentioned, sort of that experience he did lend to the younger players. And now we're seeing maybe the fruits of that with Anthony Marshall, Marcus Rashford.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and just, just to go back over his stats at United, 29 goals and 53 appearances, and take out that last two-month cameo that he had, 28 goals in 47 appearances. That is absolutely amazing. And had he played the whole season, he could have had a Messi or Ronaldo-like campaign for all we know. And, yeah, it's just based on those numbers alone, you've got to call it a success.
0: Yeah, 100%. And, again, anyone who lifts a trophy with United, I think you've contributed. And he obviously played a big role, obviously didn't play in the final in, in Europe, but um, the League Cup final and... Was obviously pivotal in getting us to um, the Europa League final, but I was just going to touch on I think the last thing or the last thing, but you look at the impact he had in the dressing room, and I just wonder what would have happened if he didn't get injured and he stayed that second season. I think the what would have happened with the relationship between Pogba and Mourinho. I don't think that would have gone the way it did. I think he would have acted as a bridge, and because he definitely did run the dressing room. Who was the captain in his? Uh, Captain this time was still Rooney because he was there. Ro- with- Rooney and Carrick sort of thing. So, um, but I think Zlatan was definitely probably, look, who knows? I've no inside knowledge at all. But I think he definitely did run that change room. And I think, I wouldn't say he had Pogba on a leash, but I think he definitely did keep Pogba in check. Now, Pogba's obviously the big dog in the um, dressing room. But I just it would have been interesting if he stayed that, if he didn't get injured and he was sort of the Zlatan we all knew in that second season... It be very. I think United would be in a different position now. Hence, I'd say Jose Mourinho would still be there, and Paul Pogba would be a far different sort of image amongst fans. I think. Um,
1: I wouldn't go as far as saying Mourinho would still be there. We all we all know that he has his third season syndrome at whatever club he's been at. So I wouldn't go oh, that yeah, far no, and yeah. saying Mourinho would still be there. But yeah, no. In terms just... of in terms of Pogba and how he how he conducted himself for the club, maybe that would be a bit different.
0: So, yeah, no, hard to argue with that. So, um, yeah, we both definitely think his time, or definitely sort of know his time at United was a success and he will go down as definitely a cult hero. Um, someone... Well, I
1: mean, fa- fa- a fan wouldn't be offering up his wife if he wasn't a cult hero or or a success. That's that's all I can say.
0: Yeah, no, hard to argue with that. Um, but yeah, we would just um, finish on his time at United and just won't sort of touch specifically on his time post-United, but it obviously went and, I wouldn't say proved me wrong, but went and definitely proved his fitness um, in the MLS at LA Galaxy. I remember he scored a cracking goal in his debut from memory. Yeah, and in the
1: LA Derby in the 4-3 four, four, comeback win. They were down 3 ones. He came on and ended up winning 4-3.
0: Yeah, so um, fair play to him. And again, that's the type of arrival you expect from a player like him in terms of announcing himself to the world. But um, And again, fair play to him. He's back now playing in Italy. Obviously, AC Milan aren't the club that um, they once were or that we all sort of remember them as. But um, fair play to him because I think a lot of players do go to America to retire, and maybe he had that in his mind to go to LA and just uh, ride off into the sunset. But he's got that obviously that. Um, he still has it, that competitive drive, yeah, which so I think to speak. forced him. back, which I, again, a different to sort of, a different situation. But I think I'd compare a little bit to David Beckham as well when he went to America, but then realized shit, no, I can still do this, and obviously both come back to AC Milan. So, um, and
1: and even Beckham, at the very end of his career, still had that loan spell at PSG, so even at the very end, he he was still matching it with the top top yeah. athletes.
0: Yeah, but um, yeah, just look at going back over his time at United, it's, I think we look back at it and think, okay, he had that season, That that's great, but I think what a season it was when you look back at it. I think it was only a short time at the club, but the impact he had, we're now seeing fruits from it, maybe with some of the strikers like Marshall and Rashford, but I think forget the goals, forget that League Cup winner, and forget, you know... The bicycle gig against Galatasaray, or whatever. Forget his relationship with Mourinho and Pogba. He had one hell of an impact, which is still proving sort of the fruits of his labour at the moment.
1: Yeah, abs- absolutely. There's it, nothing to argue, uh, and it's just only players with his charisma that can do that.
0: Yeah. So, um, a big thank you to Jose Mourinho for maybe his best bit of business. Maybe for, um, time will tell. But oh, by um,
1: far, it's his best bit of business for no money in signing a player like that. That is, regardless of the age, that's exceptional.
0: Yeah. So, um, thank you, Jose, and I think that is a good way to um, wrap it up on a little bit of positivity and a bit of Jose love because I saw him Mourinho out the other day in all this sort of social distancing, self isolation. He was out doing. I'm not exactly what it is exactly what the cause was, but some type of charity where he was out helping sort of. Um I don't know if it was feeding homeless people or maybe packaging yeah, he was, he was, packaging food. Yeah, he was something. doing
1: volunteer work, packaging food, um and yes, delivering to the homeless and also to those in our know, self isolation that who can't go out and buy yeah, the most. Yeah, so fair play to was.
0: Jose, well done. Yeah, no, well done, exactly. And again, everyone back home, hopefully you are advise sort of abiding by the current rules, whatever they are, where you where you live. Um, Because, yeah, this problem is not going to get any better until people literally start staying inside. I saw in London, obviously we're on the other side of the world here in Sydney, but for those in London I saw, it was like 6 or 12 hours after Boris Johnson said, do not go outside, stay inside. I saw the tube station was packed in like a can of sardines. So um, hopefully everyone is staying safe where they are and staying healthy and have a full shelf of toilet roll. Um, Yep.
1: Toilet rolls, canned foods, whatever else you need to get you through the 16 more weeks that we need to wait until the season's declared a null and void and we'll all be happy again when Liverpool have to wait another 30 years. Counting.
0: Well, look, we'll definitely get into more podcasts in the future about what's going to happen. But, and look, who knows, but my gut feeling is just just the way things are going all around the world, I do not see a return for football. I just don't see a return anytime soon. Forget May, forget August. I'm thinking, look, and who knows, I hope I'm wrong. It. Who knows? Who knows if we're going to see it in 2020? Hopefully we do. But um, yeah, before actually before we wrap up, just a quick reminder. We're not sure how this is going to work and we might do it the next podcast. We might do it in a month's time. We're not sure. Hopefully the next podcast, we'll see. But we're going to do a, a sort of a live trivia sort of podcast. So either Larry or I will ask the questions um, and what we'll do, we might have whoever wants to jump on, feel free. We might have maybe three or four guests on. And they'll be the type of questions maybe that, because obviously we're not in the same room, everyone's going to be behind their computers. They'll be the type of questions which might be hard to Google on the spot. So to try and make it fair for everyone, because it's a bit, bit pointless doing trivia where someone's sort of cheating on their phone. So there might be questions like, "Who am I?" And one of us will sort of rattle off a few clues about their career. Sort of, let's say it was Ibrahimovic. Sort of, I've played in Italy. I've played in Spain. I've played in Holland i've represented this, this country at the world cup etc and then the first person to buzz in would then um give the answer so we're trial and sort of type of questions for that and hopefully within a podcast or two we will advertise it and you can come on and try your hand at trivia and maybe work out a couple of prizes we can give away etc but um we're just ironing out the finer details with that but stay tuned for that I think, George, if you come on, I think, George, you would be odds-on favourite to be one of the first winners, do you think?
1: Oh, I'd back myself, but I'm sure we have a very dedicated supporters club here who'd know just as much, if not more, than I do. Yeah, Yeah, it'll be a good good podcast.
0: Yeah, no, looking forward to it. So, again, if you are interested in maybe joining us, um, look here, George has joined Discord, got into the chat with us, and all of a sudden start recording a podcast. So if you do want to come on the podcast... Literally, just send me a message, send me a topic you want to discuss for an hour, and I think it's important to talk about stuff at the moment, because we're not going out and interacting with anyone, so I think this is something that, whether you're listening to us on the podcast, or whether you're interacting and talking with either Larry or myself, I think it's just important just for our mental health, just to be talking about United, because God knows, as we've just mentioned before, God knows when we're going to see see United play again, so... The more podcasts we do, the more smiles we can put on people's faces, the better for everyone's health. So, again, thank you, George, for joining us on the podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having us and thanks for, um, yeah, just giving me an air of the day to focus on something that's not coronavirus related.
0: No, thanks, exactly. Man. Again, so everyone for listening and hopefully you keep safe and we will hear or you will hear from us, sorry, in a couple of days with the next podcast. All right. Cheers. Bye. It's not sunny, we're here, we